This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Harshis Chai Sarah 5782 Parachav Dalit Pasig Laman Gimel by Yusam Lefanov Leachol. So Lavan has met Rivka. He's seemingly Mekadish, already been Mekadish Rivka. He gave her the bracelets and everything that she was supposed to have, the jewelry that she was supposed to have. She goes, Eliezer goes to the house, Lavan invites him in, tells him that I have enough stuff for you, for your horse, for your camels, etc. And then, Vayusam lefanav la'echol. They put down food in front of him to eat. Vayomer, and he said, Eliezer said, Lo ochal adim dibarti devorai. I'm not going to eat until I speak my word. Let me first speak my say, what I want to say. Vayomer daber. And someone said, whether it was Besul or Lovin or both of them together, whatever it was, said, okay, go ahead and speak. So the question is obvious. Why wouldn't Eliezer eat before saying what he wanted to say? What was it that was stopping him from eating before that time? So I found 15 answers to that question. I don't know if we'll be able to go through all 15 of them, but 15 answers altogether. The Rashbam says once he saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had helped him do everything he had to do, he was not only found the right wife for his master Yitzchak Avinu, but it was really Rivka Yimenu, who we talked about in last week's Parsha, who already had been proclaimed by Hashem to be the Bashert for Yitzchak Avinu. He didn't want to eat or drink until he finished the job that he already knew was successful. And that makes a lot of sense. You don't want to start, you don't want to start doing something else when you're in the midst of an unbelievable bit of Hashkacha. He wanted to go ahead and do that. That's how the Rashbam says it. The Torah Moore says he was still in doubt if Rivka was going to come back with him or not. He wanted to see if he had finished his job similar to what the Rashbam is saying, before eating anything. Now, the Shach says he was worried. He wasn't sure if there was an older daughter. Was there someone else that they were going to put in front of Rivka? If he goes to the house and eats with them and dines with them and whatever it is, maybe they'll say, yeah, but we're not going to give you Rivka. We want to give you his older, her older sister. And that's the person we want to give to Yitzchak Vino. He was worried that that's what it was, and he might feel bad and accept any old girl out of guilt and not Rivka Vino itself. And that's why he wanted to first tell them exactly what he wanted, exactly who he was looking for. I'm looking for Rivka. I'm not taking no for an answer, and I'm not eating here until you agree to give me Rivka Yimeno. That's the line that he wanted to say, says the Shach, and that's what he was doing. Now, the Vayatsev Avram brings down a great story of Chaim of Sanz, the Sanz Rebbe. He was the son-in-law of the Baruch Tam. So how did that happen? So one time, the Baruch Tam's son, Reb Leibish, went to the market in a certain town where Reb Chaim was in Shul. Reb Chaim Sanzer was sitting in Shul learning the Hasmada. He saw this young man, right? Reb Leibish saw this young man filled with Torah and wisdom and immediately decided, this is the perfect boy to marry my sister, that he should be my, fa- my brother-in-law. So he went home. He told his father, right, who told him he would love to meet the young man, but he's got a problem. He was waiting on a decision from a, from a Reb Afra- Ephraim Zalman Margolis. Rev. Ephraim Zalman Margolis, who was also a guddle in his own right, he had been approached about his son marrying the Baruch Tam's daughter already. It had already been broached. The subject had already been broached. And the message had been there. And the message was supposed to come in by that night. But said the Baruch Tam, if they don't answer me by tonight, then we'll look into this boy, Rav Chaim of Sons. We'll look into him if we need to. So Rav Leibish ran to the inn in the city. He ran to the, the hotel that was there. He found the shliach, the messenger of Rav Margolis. He asked him where he's from, what he was doing, as if all innocently he knew exactly what he was doing. And when he realized that he came with a yes from Rav Margolis, he ordered drinks. He got them drunk to the point where the shliach, the messenger for Rav Margolis, fell asleep and didn't wake up until it was already nighttime. 
When it was nighttime, he woke up, he realized, oh my gosh, the shlech said, I have to run. He runs over to the Baruch Tam's house to tell him the news. The Rafraim Zalman Margolis had agreed that his son would marry the Baruch Tam's daughter. And the Baruch Tam said, I'm sorry, but the time was up. Once nightfall hit, I'm already looking into somebody else. And if that doesn't work out, then I'll go back to you. So in the end, right, he, was, he worked out well. Rav Chaim of Sons did marry the Baruch Tam's daughter. But isn't that unbelievable? That's how the Baruch Tam decided to look into Rav Chaim of Sons and the Shidduch was finalized later that week. That's why Eliezer wanted to finish the Shidduch before eating. He knew that any delay, anything that might happen, could cause the shidduch to be broken. And look at what happened. Look at what happened with the Baruch Tam. You never know what's going to happen. In the end, he was correct. Because if he did eat, he would have been poisoned. So he was 100% right in saying, and this is what you should do, if a shidduch is going through, do not delay. Go through with it. Don't delay. Get involved and know what you need to do even before eating. That's number one. A Barbanel says he wouldn't eat until they answered him that they would give him Rivka. If they refused, he wouldn't eat there because he would consider them Rishayim, evil people. He didn't want to eat the bread of an evil person. So that's the reason why he did not want to eat there until he found out what level these people were on. Are they willing to give Rivka or not? Number three, the Torah more gives a second answer. He says it's possible he didn't want to eat out of Hasidus knowing that they were serving him thinking he was an honorable, wealthy man. In fact, they may have thought that he was Avram Avinu himself. It's possible that they thought that he was Avram Avinu. They didn't know who he was. All they knew was that a very wealthy man from Eretz Canaan was looking for a family member who would marry his son. So they may have treated him as Avram Avinu. So he had to explain immediately, I know you're giving me all this honor. You're serving me an unbelievable meal. You should know I'm not Avram. Eved Avram Anochi. He wanted to start off by telling him, I am not Avram Avinu himself, so I don't deserve this honor. I don't deserve this honor whatsoever. They would know they're serving. They shouldn't treat him any better because he truly was an Eved. That's a great line. That's a line of Hasidus. The Redak says the same thing. The Be'er Ma'im Chaim says he had to tell them that because they mamish assumed that it was him. The Shach says he explained they shouldn't worry that the food might get cold in the meantime while we speak because obviously it's going to get colder and colder and colder. Right? Don't worry about that. I'm an Eved, he said. I'm used to eating cold food. So it's not that big of a deal. Let me speak and let me tell you why. And the Ksam Sofer and the Tosefis Bracha said that Eliezer knew the Gemara in Sanhedrin, that a Talmud Chacham is considered to be like a golden vessel before he speaks, before he eats with an Amaaretz. But after he eats with an Amaaretz, the Amaaretz treats him like a brother. He treats him like a clay vessel that's easily broken. Before you eat together with someone, you're on a higher pedestal. Once you eat with them, then it's already, we're the same person. We're basically the same guy. Eliezer wanted to keep his level before he ate, allow them to agree to send Rivka, and only then, only afterward, would he eat with them so they would listen to him, they would treat him as a of person, even though he was an Eved, but treat him as a of person, right, and not automatically think of him as a Novi. As a side note, I think it's amazing, isn't it? It's 100% true. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about. If you sit down and eat with a person, you are not of them anymore. It doesn't matter how they eat, unless they're the ma- biggest Sadiqim, you just don't consider them of anymore. It's just the way it is. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Well, you just see them being an animal, just like 
Right, they're just like me. They just do everything, you know. And there's that famous story, the Chazid Rebbe, and just drinking water. The Rambam says you shouldn't drink water in front of other people. It's true. You ever watch a person drink water? It's weird. It's just weird. It's just strange. It's strange to look at them. But it's also it's weird. Just the way it looks, it's weird. Number four, our fourth answer. The Ibn Ezra says Eliezer wanted to explain to them why he wouldn't eat their food. He said, "Wait, wait, wait! Before you serve the meal, let me tell you something. I'm a servant of Avram Vinu. I have a certain." standard of kashrus. We don't know what that was back then. We don't know what it was that Avram ate or didn't eat before Matan Torah. We have absolutely no idea. But it was something in which he didn't eat what normal people ate at the time, which was no problem whatsoever. He just didn't do it. So he had to tell them first, here's where I come from. Look who I am. And therefore, don't be insulted if I don't eat everything. The Balaturim says this as well, because they put down something that was forbidden for him to eat. So he said, I cannot eat this. I'm a servant of Avram Inu. So before I, before I do anything, let me tell you who I am. In fact, the Balitosos say that Gavriel took the food away from him because it was improper food, something that Eliezer shouldn't eat. Is that amazing? That's the reason why. Forget about the poison that we'll talk about very, very soon. It said he couldn't eat it because it was improper food and it wasn't right there. And the Meshach Chachma says Lavan and Besuel knew this. They knew that he was Avram. This wasn't a kasha. This wasn't something that they wondered about. That's why they had to prepare special food for him, knowing that he was from a family that had a particular way in which they ate. And that's hinted to in the previous passage, in which he said, he was telling them that he was giving them everything they needed. Oh, that's interesting. I, I thought I had another line there, but I guess I left it out. One time, the Chafetz Chaim found himself in a small town with nobody else there. He went to the shul and he sat down and he learned. He was just sitting and learning. So nobody knew who he was. Nobody invited him over. And the Chavetz Chaim made do. You know, he had a little bit of money and he paid for meals and that's that. On Shabbos, he was approached by one of the Balabatim. So one of the Balabatim came up to him and said, please, you know, are you, are you new in town? You're just a guy sitting here. Do you want to eat by my house for Shabbos? So the Chavetz Chaim said, 100%, but you should know I'm the Chavetz Chaim. So the man was shocked and overjoyed. You're the Chavetz Chaim, the author of the Mishnah Brua. You're the Chavetz Chaim. I'm going to have the Chavetz Chaim in my house for Shabbos. He couldn't believe it. He absolutely couldn't believe it. But he was so, he couldn't understand it. He looked and he said, I don't understand. Rebbe, if you wanted to keep this a secret out of humility and not tell anyone, then why do you tell me now who you are? And if you wanted to tell someone, why didn't you tell somebody four days ago? We would have given you tremendous kavod. We would have given you a tremendous kavod. Why are you telling me only now? That's what he asked the Chavetz Chaim. Listen to what the Chavetz Chaim said. He said, of course I don't want the honor. Of course I, I'm not looking for the honor. But he learned it from Eliezer Avinu. Eliezer Avram. Before he ate anything, Eliezer explained who he was. He said, look, Eved Avram Anochi. I can't eat certain things. And he explained to them why he wasn't going to eat everything that they were going to serve. So until now, I didn't want anyone to know. But now that you invited me for a meal, you should know that I'm the Chafetz Chaim. I have a certain standard of kashrus, what I'll eat and what I won't eat, and you have to be careful with what you serve me. Isn't that an unbelievable story? Knowing the anivus of the Chafetz Chaim, you know how much it must have taken out of him to be able to say, I am the Chafetz Chaim, in order to make sure that he had kept his standards when he was eaten by somebody else? It's an unbelievable story. I, I was amazed by that story. Okay, that's our fourth answer. Fifth answer. The Balaturim says that Eliezer explained he came from the house of Avramina where they learned you weren't allowed to eat until you spoke. 
the brachas of Al Natilas Yadayim and Hamotzi. I guess Avramino already taught them to make certain types of brachos. He assumed that would allow him to be successful in his endeavors over here. A kosho bracha, and even though technically there was no kosho bracha, they didn't serve wine, the Yelos Shachar says, not literally, the concept of idea of the kosho bracha cannot be mitzvah for evil. He assumed nothing bad would happen if he started with brachos. So therefore he said, I won't eat until I speak. He doesn't mean speak stam. He means say over who he is and what he did. That's the idea of what he was trying to say. Lin Lushabach says such a powerful lesson from this. He says, brachos are so powerful they can save you from anything. A great schooler to be saved from terrible things is to say brachos out loud, slowly and carefully. As we see that Eliezer was saved from poison by making brachos before eating his food. That's what he says over here. What an unbelievable little line. That's what Rabbi Yitzhak Zobershin learns from over here. That's how powerful brachos are. That's number five. Number six. The Yalkater Gershuni and the Mayana Torah say the same thing. They say, Eliezer could not sit down and eat before preparing himself first. There was hachanas to be made before a meal of this magnitude. You know, in some places, they'll do a mizmor ledavid. Hashem roi before they eat a regular meal. There are some places where they'll say, before they go ahead and they cut the chawa. There are preparations that I need to make before. And that we say by shalashudis, by etc. He's doing that. So he said, I have to say this. I have to prepare myself before going through. That included tefillah. So love and abisul told him, daber, say whatever you want to say and just get it done quickly. You know what I'm saying? Just say it. Whatever you want to do, you're grace, you know, your grace before the meal. Go ahead and do it, and then afterward, let's eat. We want to eat already. And he said, no, no, no. Evid Avram Anochi. I'm an Evid of Avram Avinu. I can't do these things quickly. It's going to take me a while to prepare in order to say the words properly and to be able to eat like that. The Kedushas Levi says he hoped that these words he would say would include Divrei Torah. And in that skus, it would save him from any danger and would allow Rivka to agree to come with him. Yeah, Dave, what do you say? Um, yeah, two things. First off, don't we learn what Avram Avinu is? Yeah, don't we learn what Avram um, ate for something to do with the Malachim? Yeah. Like, uh, Solas, and they, uh, and they, they, they had butter, and they had, obviously had a, a calf. I mean, there were yeah. certain things in like, the order. Don't we learn what, I mean, some, some of that, what he eat, and what is Malachim? I mean, possibly, we don't know. I mean, there are answers to that question. They served milchiks and then flesheks, right. which makes sense, because it took a while to bring out the flesheks. So you have to have a meal, you know, something beforehand, so the milchiks was there to lead up to the flesheks. It took a while to prepare a whole cow, you know? The, I mean, the, the, Mistama, but again, they might not have served bread because Sarah was Matamiyat because she was, right, Anita at the time. So it's possible she was Matamiyat, so they didn't serve the bread, but it does seem likely they did bring, bring some type of bread, just not that. I don't know. It's possible. In terms of, like, the thing, I tell, like, Mismo or whatever, before, isn't that only on a, a Yantaf or a Shabbat? So we have the minute to do that beforehand. There are some special people that always, but there are some special people. The Ben Yishchai mentions it in his halachos. That you should always say something of that capitals to him before you eat something, no right, to be able to get it down. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is. I think it's washing, I think it's washing. He's talking about meals, right? So yeah, I think it's meals. Or anything, or yeah, that, aside from the usual that we have in other places, right, that would be the idea of a hand, which is crazy. And that's all the Al-Kirshun, the Mayan Shalto, the Kedusha Slavi, they all say the same basic idea. Number seven, there's Bali Tosfos. The Bali Tosfos say that Eliezer was afraid that Rivka would tell them everything that happened before he would come in and explain. The Bali Tosfos say this line, and I apologize to anybody who's listening to this and might be offended by this, but the Bali Tosfos say that Nashim Dabroniosain. You expect women to speak about what happened. So he knew that Rifka was probably telling them her version of the story. 
So Eliezer went in saying, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Let me tell my version of this story first. Let me explain why it happened, what I did, what I just did, so that he would be able to, so that he wouldn't look bad. He wanted to show them. He didn't pick out a random girl and just give her jewelry. He knew this was Mina Shemayim because of a, something that he had said right beforehand to explain to them why he did what he did and what he was looking for. And that's the idea behind it. That's why he said, let me speak first. The Balitosa say an eighth shot. That they say that this teaches us a mimer for Rabbi Yitzchak and Tainus Hayamad Aleph. You can't speak in the middle of a meal. So therefore, remember, Rav Nachman asked Rav Yitzchak to say over Dvar Torah while they were eating together. Rav Yitzchak said, the greatest Dvar Torah that you could ever say in the middle of a meal, Ein Masichin Besil Chasuda. You can't talk in the middle of a Suda. This is Dvar Torah. It's a Gemara in Tainus Hayamad Beis. Your Yotze Zayin right there. You can't talk in the middle of a meal. Therefore, Elias said, let me speak before the meal because I know I can't speak during the meal. So therefore, he went ahead and did that. That's number eight. Number nine, Panini Vikarin says Eliezer was worried. There's a Tosfos. Now, guys, you're going to have to pay attention for this. I'm sorry. I apologize, okay? This is a little bit much. This is a little crazy. But listen to what happens over here. Tosfos, in the second Parakikadush, it's a Memheum of Bays, says if a young girl's father goes to another country and dies there, the girl may be forbidden from marrying anyone because her father may have accepted Kedushin for her from someone else. It's possible. Eliezer knew that the poison in his food had been switched with besouls already. We haven't talked about the poison in his food yet, but he knew there was poison in his food and it was switched with besouls. So he realized that besoul was going to die before he finished eating. If he died before being maskim to the shidduch, then Lavan could claim, I can't let Rivka marry Yitzchak because my father may have accepted a kedushin for her from someone else and we can't ask him now because he's dead. So we got to leave Rivka barren for the rest of her life because we don't know. That's why Eliezer said, let me speak first. So it was before Besul died. If Besul had any issues, he would have said it out loud. So once he didn't say anything, then Eliezer said, okay, we're ready to eat. And that's when Besul died. Amazing, right? Absolutely amazing. But it's all based on that toast over there in Kedushin. Now, number 10. This is a famous one, okay? This is one that you may have heard before, different versions of it, but it's from the Kedusha Slevi, Reblevius Mivraditchev. He says, Eliezer was the shliach of Yitzchak to be Makadish Rivka. Eliezer was the shliach. He was the actual shliach. Now, guys, we all know, Bo Ubeshlucho. Anybody who's done Kedushin before, you know that a man can be Makadish, a woman, Bo with himself, Ubeshlucho. He can send a shliach as well. The shliach is just the messenger of that person. And they're Makadish the same way. You say, Hare at Mikudeshis li bitabazu, Hare at Mikudeshis leploni bitabazu. It's the same thing. It's mamish the same thing. That's what you end up doing, and that's how it goes. A chassan, on the day of his wedding, is forbidden to eat. You're not allowed to eat. We have this minute throughout Klal Yisrael, right? You have a tinus. We fast on the day of the wedding itself, on the day of the Kedushin. So Eliezer couldn't eat until the Kedushin was finalized. Do you get it? Eliezer's the shliach. So Eliezer couldn't eat because he's being Makadish, a girl on that day. The Kedushin's happening that day. That's the day of the wedding. So he couldn't do it. Now the Be'er Yosef brings this down as well. He quotes Ramon, Evan Ezer Simen Samachalaf, that there is a minig for the chassan and kala to fast on the day of the chuppah. Now, not kiddushin, by the way, chuppah. And there is a difference between them. No. Back in the day, kiddushin and chuppah were not done at the same time. Kiddushin was done maybe a year earlier, and the chuppah was done later. Now we do kiddushin under the chuppah. But it does say a different wording. The Beis Shmuel says there in the name of the Maram Mintz, the Maram Mintz, Maram Mintz, in Sumin Kuftes, says it's for two reasons. Number one, because it's a day of slicha and kapara for them. It's a day of forgiveness. It's like their young kipper. And everybody's heard that reasoning before, right? Everybody knows that reasoning. But he also has a second reason. 
because the chassan might get drunk and become too drunk and won't be in the right mind to be able to get married. I had this issue once. I went to a wedding out of town. It was not the Masada condition. And the chassan was drinking during the, what's it called? During the, uh, the chassan's dish. Drinking. And not just drinking. Like a full cup of whiskey. Good whiskey. Like it was a very expensive wedding and a very expensive bottle of whiskey. And he had already drunk. By the time I got there, he'd already drunk half the cup. And he was like telling me, I had a full cup and now I'm half a cup. I'm like, you got to be super careful. You're getting married. You have to make sure that you're not drunk. Or else it's a questionable kedushin. And I'm not somebody who's going to poskin of something like that. But this is a very, very questionable time for you to start drinking. You've got to be extremely careful. So it says, uh, 100%, number two, we have the chassan fast so that he doesn't drink, so he's in the right mind to get married. He says, if a father accepts kedushin for a daughter, this is what the base Shmuel says, if a father accepts kedushin for his daughter, the second reason applies. The first reason doesn't, because the father is not getting a sleek of the kapara. We're not worried about that. But the second reason is he has to be in the right mind to engage his son to another girl, to engage his daughter. The second reason applies, says the Beriosi. If that applies by a father, it should apply by a shliach. Just like the Kedusha Slavi says. And therefore, Eliezer didn't want to eat or drink before hearing that Rivka was able to marry Yitzchak, so he finalized the Kedushan there, and he'd be in the right mind to do so. Is that amazing? So listen to this. The parties Yosef points out. What's the problem with this, guys? He's fasting all day, right? What's the problem with that? What did Rivka do for him? She gave him water. He wasn't fasting. He wasn't fasting. So he says, it's possible that we're not going since we're going. Remember, there are two reasons why you fast. The first reason is, so you have a sleek of a kapara. Then you can't have water. But the second reason is, so you're in the right mindset. If you're in the right mindset, then the point is you can't drink whiskey. You can't have wine. You can't have a meal because you might drink wine or have whiskey. But water would be okay. And therefore, Eliezer was fasting from a meal. He was fasting from whiskey and wine. He wasn't fasting from water. And that's how he was able to do it. And I'll just tell you, Rav Chaim Knievsky was asked this in a sicha, Chelek Bey's Simen Chavches. He was asked, if a shliach has to fast on the day that he's Mekadish a girl. Is that true or not? Like the Kedushas Levi and the Ber Yosef just said. Is that true or not? Now, both of these, by the way, the Ber Yosef was talking about, the base Shmuel, I should say, was talking about a father being Mekadish a girl. The Kedushas Levi and the Ber Yosef are both adding it to a shliach. So can you or not? And he said one word, no. The shliach doesn't have to do it. We don't have that in our, in our chuvas. We don't have something like that. He doesn't mention the Maram Mints. He doesn't mention that how we pask in Lalachi. He just says, no, he doesn't have to. And that's that. So it's super interesting. The Rechaim Knievsky would say that it's Kedusha Slevi and seemingly this application of the Marami Mints by the Be'er Yosef would not apply. You wouldn't hold of it whatsoever. Yeah, Paul? I thought Rivka only gave the water to the camels. No, to both. Remember, he had to say both. Both me and the camels. She had to say that I'm willing to give you and the camels. And by the way, as a timeout, the reason why he asked for that, there's three different reasons that are mentioned over there. But one of the reasons that's mentioned is because she wanted to see, would he get, Eliezer is a big guy. He might have been Og, right? Based on Pirkei Rebbe Lezer, etc. We have all, all those chuvas that he might have been, those svarim that say that he might have been Og. We're talking about a big, normal guy who's going up to a three-year-old, 13-year-old, whatever, however old Rifka was, and say, can you give me a drink of water? That's ridiculous. 
if that little girl's to look at him and say, well, what do you, me? I'm a little girl. You're, you're this big guy who clearly can get water for himself. What in the world is the problem? The reason why he asked for water for himself is to see if she would do a chesed for him, even though he was acting like a, like a, a weirdo. Would she do that or not? Nowadays, we'd say that gives you the uh-oh feeling. That would pretty much give you the uh-oh feeling in such a situation. But either way, right, back then, I guess there were no uh-oh feelings, so it worked out well and everything was fine. But that, I think, is the answer for that. There's a couple other answers, but I felt like that one. There's a trick or something like that. I mean, yeah. come on, it's not those, you know, this isn't, it's not 2021 on the west side of Chicago, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, we're not worried about those sort of things. Number 11, the all RA and the Tambedas or Strumbuch both say that he didn't want to eat anything by Basul because that might make him no Gea and he might agree to something that he didn't want to do. We sort of gave this answer with number two, sort of, sort of not, but he didn't want to be no gay of a duffer because of the nice food, because he was hungry and thirsty and whatever it is, because there's a minig. Because of this, there's a minig. I didn't know this minig before. I've seen it, but I didn't realize that people were mocked on it. There is a minig. The Bachrim that are Osik and Shaduchim and young girls that are Osik and Shaduchim should not eat in the house of the one that they're going out with until the Kedushin is finalized. Do you hear that? Why not? Because they might get swayed by the food that they serve him. And he might want to get married because of the food, not thinking about the girl itself. I mean, isn't that a criteria? It's funny. Well, is a criteria for what? Oh, the I mean, food? I mean, that should be a criteria. Well, Look, but don't eat. Look, but, <laughs> but that's the idea. Well, you're gonna, you know what? They, they, they don't always start off as great cooks, but they're amazing after. You know, that, that's fine. Well, yeah, that's there. Then you know. But this is an amazing idea. I've seen it before. I never knew that it was an actual minig, and it's based on this. The all Arya says it's based on this. This is where Blabel Katz from Brooklyn, right? He said until they complete the Shidduch, otherwise they're no Gayabadover. I, I, I never put the two together, but it makes a lot of sense now. Rav Yosef of Slutsk, he's quoted by the Penine Kadem. Rav Yitzchak of Hamburg, quoted by the Mekach Tov. They quote a Gemara Bababas or Kufmembov that if someone sends gifts to his in laws, gifts to the in-laws house, and then eats a meal there, then even if they break off the shidduch later on, or if the girl dies, you can't get gifts back. You can't get the gifts back. You sent the gifts for the girl, right? Obviously, that's obvious. So normally you'd be able to get everything back after everything's said and done. But if you then eat a meal there, they say, based on the Gemara above, above, it's too late. Because maybe you sent the gifts for the rights to have that meal. And that's that. So that's why, again, what did Eliezer give Rivka? The bracelets, the nose rings, etc., everything like that, right? He can still take it back until he eats a meal by the parents' house. When he eats the meal, he can't take it back anymore. So he said, I got to speak my thing before it goes through. I don't want to make sure if in case the shidduch breaks later on, I want to make sure that I'm not going to do it right over there. That's the idea behind it. It's a pretty crazy idea that Sopnas Paneach mentions as well. That's the rugged shover. He says as well, the Chidah says that cannot be the reason because perhaps something like this would prevent the shidduch from going through. And that's what Eliezer was worried about. He says, that's probably the idea behind it, but it can't be this is the actual reason because then he wouldn't have eaten even afterward because Yitzchak hadn't met her yet. Right? Yitzchak hadn't met her at all yet. So you have to make sure that the actual shidduch is going to go through. It's not like he's finishing off everything right now. Right? Yitzchak is going to decide everything. So why did he eat there at all? He shouldn't have eaten in the house at all. If that's the reason. But either way, the Chidah says a different answer. Rabbi Yamin Diskin of Arodna, number 13 over here, said there's a halacha that when the time comes to be mekayim a mitzvah, that is a chiv to do. If you have a mitzvah that's a chova to do, you cannot eat until you fulfill the mitzvah. Sounds very Hasidish, right? If you're doing the mitzvah, it's brought down though in the Shulchan Aruch 
Orachayim Simon Tufresh Nun Bays Sif Bays. Tufresh Nun Bays Bays. You're not allowed to eat before taking your Lulav and Esrog. You're not allowed to eat before taking your Lulav and Esrog. Why? Because once you're in the midst, you're Osik in a mitzvah, you cannot stop the mitzvah to eat at all. You have to finish the mitzvah. So to be Eliezer is Osik in the mitzvah of marrying off Yitzchak to Rivka. Therefore, he wasn't allowed to do anything until he finished it off. That's Rebbe Yaman Diskin of Rodno. The Maral Diskin, Maral Diskin, Rabbi Shul Leib Diskin, he points out a problem. You know, we've been saying right now that Eliezer was a shliach, Eliezer was sent by Yitzchak, he's the one doing the Kiddushin, everything's legit, there's a problem. And Eved Kenani is mentioning Gittin Dapchav Gimel, and Eved Kenani cannot be a shliach for Kiddushin. Anybody know why? Why can't an Eved Kenani, Eved Ivri, yes, but an Eved Kenani, no, cannot be a shliach for Kiddushin. Why not? Because what? Same level of mitzvahs. He has to be shaykh to that mitzvah. And Eved Kanani doesn't have Kiddushin. Doesn't have Gittin. So an Eved Kanani cannot be a shliach for Kiddushin. And an Eved Kanani cannot be a shliach for a get. Why? Because he's not involved in Torah's Gittin the Kiddushin. Very good. That's Kiddushin. That's Gittin Dapchav Gimel. So how could Eliezer have been sent to do this? How could Avram send Eliezer to go be Mekadish Rivka to Yitzchak if he couldn't do it, he's an Avakanani. And I realize it's before the Torah. I'm going with the laws of the Torah. Assuming that Avramin kept every law in the Torah, then how could it be? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Either way, he was an Avakanani. Yeah, why not? I mean, I, obviously, I would say, like, obviously, not nowadays. Yeah, but in theory, it, it never says he's a Roshiva. He says, Dolo Omashkemi Torah's Rabbo. He drew out and fed the water to others, which we take to be like he was the Roshiva and taught it to other people. But it doesn't say that he's a Roshiva. It says, Dolo Omashkemi Torah's Rabbo. So yeah, he's an Evakanani. Why not? Let, let him go through. After all, I can give you an example. I mean, it, I don't know if this is a great example. Oh, um, oh, what's the name? You know, I just like lost it. No, 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 no. There's... um. Uh, uh, from Yermia, from Yermia, uh, the, the, what's it called? The Navi that was there at the time was from the Givonim. He was a Givoni. He was never a full Bene Yisrael. I forgot where it is. It's in Perak Chav Gimel, Chav Dalet. I forgot who it was. But th- there was a, a Givoni who was the, he was a Navi. In the end, he messed over Yermia and he, even on his deathbed, he lied. I forget who it was. But it, yeah, that, that would be the example. It's not a great example, but like that. So let's go on. So it's got to be. So what's the answer, guys? How could he send an Evakanani to do a person's job, a regular person's job? Must be that he freed Eliezer. But what's the problem with that? If he freed Eliezer, what's the problem? Number one, Eliezer just said, what did he just say? Eved Avram Anochi. So he wasn't freed. That's number one. Number two, there's a mitzvah sasei that you're not allowed to free an Eved. Le'olam ba'am tavodu. And Evet Kenani has to work for you forever. If you die, they get inherited by your children. And Evet Kenani is not freed. Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkin has freed a slave in order to make a minion. Right? But you can't free an Evet Kenani for no reason whatsoever. So how could Avram Avinu have done such a thing? But we know there's a chiv to free a chatzi Evet chatzi ben Chorin. Why is there a chiv to free that chatzi Evet chatzi ben Chorin? Half and half. The Gemara Chagiga, guys. Why do you have to free the guy? Because he's ushered everybody, and there's a mitzvah of Puravu. Look at this. So it must be for the mitzvah of Puravu, you're allowed to free a slave. Do you get it? There's an Isser of Lobam Tavodu, right? But obviously, we, Lobam Tavodu, you can't do it. But you're allowed to free him if you need him to get married. Well, if it's 
iske pru rabu, then it would be mutter. And if you ask me, well, wait, can you free any Evid Kanani by sending him as a shliach to marry off your son? No, because you can usually send somebody else. But Avramidu didn't trust anybody else right now. The only person he trusted was Eliezer Evid Avram. So he had to send an Evid Kanani to go do this because he's the only man he trusts to do this job. Everybody else he doesn't trust. Eliezer Evid Avram, he trusts completely. But he can only do it if he frees him. So what did he say? He said, I free you on condition that you're Mekadesh Rivka. Until you're Mekadesh Rivka fully, you are still an Eved. So at the time when Eliezer Eved Avram got up and said his words, Eved Avram Anochi, at that moment, he was still an Eved, right? So Eliezer Eved Avram got up and he said, I can't eat. I'm not allowed to eat until I, until I, until I, what's it called? Until I marry Rivka. Why? Because I brought 10 people with me. Why did he bring 10 people with him, guys? To make a minion for the Kiddushin. He brought 10 people for that. So now he has a Shila. If I'm in Eved, if I eat with these 10 people, I don't count in the same minion as them. We hold that an Eved is not part of the, it's not mitzarif for a minion for benching. He's an Eved. What? For what? No, 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 You can't use a woman or an Evid as a tenth person for a minion. What, freeing him, you mean? Oh, to make up, no, he had ten other people. But he didn't know how to eat. If he ate the meal, if he's a free man, then he gets to bench with them. If he's not a free man, then he's not a part of that minion. He's not meet star for a minion. So he said, I have to figure out what I am before we eat. So he said, if Rivka gets married, then I'm freed. I'm automatically freed, which means I'm part of the minion. And if you don't want Rivka to get married, then I'm still in Evan and I can't do anything. So you got to tell me before I eat what I'm going to do. Is <laughs> unbelievable, Maral Diskin? It's absolutely unbelievable. And the last answer we have, guys, is Mishnah's Chacham. who says Eliezer would not eat a meal if it wasn't a Sudas Mitzvah. He wanted to make sure it was a Sudas Mitzvah, in which there was a Kedushan involved, and therefore he did that. And then once that happened, he was perfectly fine. Okay, that's the idea behind it. There's a Chanukah Satorah over here. Everybody knows it. The Bechor Shor, Rabbeinu Ephraim, the Balitos asked, who was urging him to eat? That he said, like, oh, wait, I got to speak first. What were they saying to him? Eat, eat, come on, let eat. Says the Bechor Shor, the Rabbeinu Ephraim, the Balitosvos, no. The Pshat is, if somebody puts down food in front of you, they're expecting you to eat it, and you don't have to ask permission to eat. You've always, everybody here has been a guest at someone else's house, right? You sit down as a guest at a table, usually you wait for the host to start eating, and then you eat. The halacha is, says these balaitosos, the before shore, they're telling you, the halacha is, if people put food down in front of you, you can eat. You don't have to get permission, it is not considered a lack of derech you sit and eat. And even though there's a line of kol mashi yom say everything the balabais does to you, you should do. If they say if he says to do something, you should go ahead and do. How could Eliezer and Abraham argue with them? It could be that he wanted to be yotzei deshemayim and be yotzei the shvua, like we said before. And maybe that's the idea behind it. And by the way, this halacha is brought down magin Avram, simin kuf ayin sifkat yudches. That as soon as someone puts down food in front of you, you can eat without asking for permission. It's in Kufayin. It's also a warning to the Balabayas that he should bring food to the table and allow his guests to eat and not have to wait for him. I have that problem on my table all the time. I talk a lot. A lot. And I'm always with my kids or whatever it is. I'm not like paying attention to what people are doing. So when they put soup down in front of me, I'm not always quick enough to start eating. So I have a line that if I'm not, my kids know, somebody has to say, everybody just eat. Just start eating. 
because I'm not going to eat at the same time as everybody else, and that's fine. Don't worry about it. The Chidah says, obviously, if there was poison in his food, then it's without a question. So now let's talk about that poison. We took all this time. we got like seven minutes left, and I still haven't talked about the poison. Targum Yonah says, says Targum Yonah Zil says, the food they placed down before Eliezer had poison in it that was going to kill him. He realized this and said, I will not eat until I speak my words to figure out what to do. And Pasuk Nunhei, Rashi says in the end, a Malach came and killed Besuel. He doesn't say how Besuel died, but the assumption is that the Malach switched the food around, gave Eliezer's food to Besuel, and Besuel's food to Eliezer, and therefore, everything was all there. I saw someone once say that there's a diak in the Pasuk that it was a round table, a round table, and the Malach moved the table, where the food that was in front of whatever was in front of him and like every, all the food was moved down one. It's not that Besul and Eliezer's food were Mamish switched. They Mamish switched. It was that he got Lovin's food and Lovin's food, like Lovin's food went to him. His food went to Besul. Besul's food went to Lovin. And it was a round table that got switched, but I couldn't find it. I don't remember where I saw it. I have no idea where it was, and it was a diak. It was a diak straight out in the Pesach itself. Rabbeinu Bechayin and Rechayin Paltiel say, that's why Lavan is the one that answers, and his mother, later on, and Besul's nowhere to be found. Besul was already dead. Besul had died from that poison. He's gone completely. And that's why Eliezer and his men ate later, but not Lavan and his wife. And the reason why is because they were in mourning for Besul, who had already died. The Balitos says it was Gavriel. He was the Malach that did it. It was because Besuel used to make everyone in his town bring their daughters to him before they got married. The reason why we said last week why he was called Besuel, Betoel, he considered himself a god who would be with their daughters before they got married. And they said, we're going to kill Besuel when his daughter wants to get married if he doesn't do the same. So in order to make sure that Besuel didn't do the same to his daughter, he was killed before the Kedushin was finalized. That's the reason why, to be able to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah? So I was going to ask that earlier, but sort of you touched on it now, which is how do they actually have a meal if they killed the father at the meal? Like how do you finish off the meal, finish off the Kedushin? Eliezer didn't care, and the other people didn't care. So is it, is it, he's, he's dead at the table. Oh, well, they, no, they dinner. ate after it was already decided. They said, Min Hashem they finalized the Kedushin, and then they ate, and then Bisul died. And then they didn't eat, but Eliezer and his men kept but, eating. But I'm saying, wasn't there then a... I don't know. I, I don't think Basul's family wasn't from. I'm okay with that. I'm okay saying that Lovin did not hold of Shiva. I'm okay with that. Right? They did something. Uh, I don't want to say it this way, but was Rivka guaranteed that that was her father, that she would sit Shiva for him? So that, you could, you could get around that. I mean, technically, we know it's true because the Pusik says Basul was the father of Rivka in last week's Parsha. But Rivka might not have done Parsha's Vayera by that time, so I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure if she, she got that, you know, she might not have gotten there. I, I have a couple, right, she maybe not, you know, she didn't get, that's a hard one. It's the end of the year, of the year is a long partial. Um, there's a lot of answers as where we know this from. The Balaturim comes from the word Vayusam, in which it's spelled with a Vav, but it's actually, it's spelled with a Yud Yud, but we read it as Vav Yud Vav. He says over there that it means Sam, that they placed it in front of him. The Medjagadol says Boi Sam. The Rabbin Bachaya says that there's a Yud Yud and a Vav that's added, that's 26 for Shemavaya, Kaddish Baruch who saved him. Sofra says in Torah Shemot, Vayisam refers to the original servant. Vayusam means it was placed by a Malach. And the Shach says the reason he says, because he wanted to know, etc. There's a lot of different answers here as to how we know that this is true. But what I end with is like this. When Rabbeinu Bachai says the reason they wanted to kill him is because they saw how much money he had with him and they wanted to take it for themselves. Rav David of Navardik, the author of Galya Mesechta, was nine years old. 
His father, Ramosha Navardik, held a Pesach Seder in his house with many Choshava people. Many Choshava guests were sitting at the Pesach Seder. When they reached the part of Lavan Bikesh Lakoris Akol, Lavan wanted to destroy everything. One of the guests got up and said, where do we see that? Where do we see that Lavan wanted to destroy everything? He tried to trick Yaakov Vinu. He wanted to kill Yaakov in the end. But where do we see that Lavan, Bikesh Lavan Lakor Esakol, he wanted to uproot everybody? So everybody gave a couple answers. And honestly, you can come up with a ton of answers for this. Maybe Lavan was Bilam. He's connected with Bilam and he tried to kill him in Mitzrayim. Maybe Lavan tried to kill Yaakov. And by doing that, all the Shvat... Okay, you have a bunch of answers. There's a bunch of things that you can answer. Nine-year-old David. Nine-year-old Davidol, he's called in the Sefer. He quoted a Gemara in Gittin, Daf Samach Dalet Amaralaf. If someone is Mekadish a woman for him, someone sends someone to be Mekadish a woman for him, and the Shliach dies, that man is forbidden to marry every woman in the world. Why? Because we don't know who the Shliach was Mekadish, and this woman might be a relative of the woman that he was Mekadish her to. So if you send a shliach to Mekadish, you just say like, no, you know what, I, I'm going to send, no, I'm, you go out, go be Mekadish a woman for me. And I have no idea what you did. And then, I shouldn't have used you. And someone, that person that I sent, ends up dying, right? Then I'm usher to everybody else because it could be a relative of that person that goes through. So Lavan tried poisoning Eliezer. Why did he try poisoning Eliezer? Not like the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said because they saw he had money and they wanted to steal his money. He tried poisoning Eliezer so he would die and then Yitzchak would be forbidden from marrying any other woman in the world because there's a suffix who Eliezer was Makadish to and there'd be no Zecher of Klal Yisrael. That's how Reb David of Navardik, a nine-year-old, said love and bikesh lakor asakol by not allowing Yitzchak to marry anyone. Now, Rabbi Yudah Asad says there's got to be more to it than just that. It's a grape shot for a nine-year-old. But there's a problem. What... What if you find a woman who has no sister? Then Yitzchak was able to marry that girl, right? Because she's not related to anyone that Eliezer would have been Mekadish to. You find a girl who has literally no relatives. Her mother is married already, right? She's the only girl in the family, and there's no one else that could ask her. Eliezer couldn't have, either he was Mekadish that girl or somebody else. It doesn't matter. Yitzchak would be able to marry that girl. So what's the problem? That's number one. Number two, there's another obvious problem. Yitzchak Avinu, right, was to, uh, Eliezer of Avram was told to marry someone from Avram's family. So that means that Yitzchak would be able to marry anyone that wasn't from Avram's family. So what kind of an answer is this? So the shot is, I, I think we're misunderstanding exactly what it is. We knew, Avram Vinu knew from that Navu at the end of last week's Parsha that we talked about in last week's Parsha, that there is a girl in his family that is supposed to marry Yitzchak. And if she marries Yitzchak, everything's going to be good. And if not, not. If not, there are going to be some bad things happening. She knew that. She absolutely knew it. And therefore, because of that, not allowing Rivka to marry Yitzchak, even if he marries somebody else, he's going to marry someone else. But Rivka not marrying Yitzchak would destroy Klal Yisrael. And that's what Lavan wanted to do. Lavan wanted to kill Eliezer so that there'd be a suffix if Yitzchak could marry Rivka because maybe Eliezer was Makadish, one of her sisters. Maybe Eliezer was Makadish, somebody close to Rivka. And therefore, because of the suffix, Rivka won't be able to marry Yitzchak 
and that will destroy Klal Yisrael. Because as much as we say Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, it's just as great that we have Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. Without them, we wouldn't be the people that we are today. Without the Emos, we wouldn't be the people that we are today. And therefore, that's how important it was. The Chassam Sofer and Rabbi Yudah Asad say exactly that idea. They wanted to make sure that Avram Vinu's needs, what he wanted, was not met. That's what Lavan wanted to do. And by doing that, by not marrying Rivka, that would have killed all of Klai Yisrael. It shows you something absolutely unbelievable, special about all the Avos and the Emos and how great they were. But today, guys, we went through those 15 answers as to how we know that Eliezer was somehow, he was not able to eat before he spoke, right? He had to speak first. We had a couple other things over here, but that's the main idea of what we want to get to today. Shukai, everybody. Have a great Shabbos.